When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. You can save an extra $10 when you spend 40 or more on a great selection of participating items. Just look for the signs and save at Baker's. Hello. What? What are you what are you doing here? Oh, 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 hello. Yes, yes, it's my podcast, episode 64 of Potterooney. Thanks for subscribing and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to me bloody podcast. Wouldn't you like to hear some chat? Oh, chat. I'm chatting to some people that I met over the last months. Yeah, well, I'm singing in that way because it's nearly Christmas. And Christmas always reminds me of Oliver. And Oliver is the is the old shit cockney sing along in it. So um this episode is a chat with uh, two people. Not at the same time. Colin Mockery, the uh, Canadian comedian improviser, who's a star of uh, Whose Lines It Anyway. I met him down in Galway at the Galway Comedy Carnival quite a few months ago now, and we had a quick uh, chat before uh, between two gigs. And he'd uh, appeared with the um, the English blokes who were on Whose Lines It Anyway, and. Uh, and then he was doing another show later on. So I had a little chat with him. And then, uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago, a young singer-songwriter lady called Emily Kavanagh from Chicago was over doing a gig in Wheelands and uh, she sang a couple of songs and we had a chat in the Central Hotel. So it's really, really near Christmas now. It's just around the corner. I've finished all my live gigs. My last one was on last night and did some improv at the International Bar in Wicklow Street. And we collected 400 and something euro for the Home Sweet Home charity, which is uh, fantastic where the uh, people have taken over the Apollo House to uh, house homeless people and uh, it's always a great Christmas improv gig where everybody arrives in the place is packed and uh, all the money from the door goes to charity as we said yes wonderful and at the weekend I finished off my uh, last gig before that in a corporate gig in the Shelburne Hotel it was it was a, it was a weird one because there was a lot of chatting going on, as you will have. 
in the afternoon when people have had a meal. The corporate gig can be like that. And so afterwards I thought, well, that's it. I've got one more gig, which is a bit of crack on Monday night. And I just kind of relaxed a bit. And on the way out, some people who had seen me before went, oh, come sit down, have a glass of wine, blah, blah. So I had a glass of wine and then I met my... I had a glass of wine and it kept being topped up quite regularly. And uh, then I met my girlfriend and her friend and we had a a Guinness and then I had a gin and then I had something to eat and then I had more and I got bloody drunk. And I'm afraid I was a little bit... uh, I might have been a little bit frisky and rude or something to to not really very rude but perhaps thinking I was funny to a few people who came up to me on on the night because I was down in the workmen's club and uh, at a gig and then uh, down in another bar and you know people frequently come up to me and go hey Father Emo blah blah and I don't mind it at all and the selfies and all that crack but uh when you're drunk, and I was drunk, and I, I didn't mean to get drunk, I, I became, I was accidentally drunk. Does anyone ever mean to get drunk? But, uh, I, uh, I think I might have been trying to be funny with people, and I, and I was coming, might have come across a little bit stupid, or, so if there's anybody, the chances of this happening, but anyone just listening to the podcast, and who may have come up to me on the, Saturday the mm, Saturday the what the 17th night in Dublin and uh, I was anyway kind of uh, rude I apologise I I don't like that and uh, I didn't mean to I probably thought I was being hilarious but uh, it's that kind of thing where you think you're being cheeky and hilarious but you're probably just being rude so there, apology over. Uh, so Christmas is is coming up, and uh, I'd like to wish you all a very happy Christmas. And thank you for listening to the podcast. It's been going nearly two years now. And uh, I've only realised that um, I could check in and see some reviews left on iTunes. And there's some very nice ones. And I'll go through them again, and I'll thank the people who've left those really lovely, lovely reviews. And, uh, well, my phone is ringing now. My bloody phone is ringing. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come back to you. You can listen now to Colin Mockery. This chat is from Galway. And then uh, I'll come back to you and... Who uh, the fuck is ringing? See you later. <laughs> Hi, Colin. Uh, thanks for meeting me. Thanks for having me. I believe you were you out in uh, at the uh, Ma, uh, Kong, is it? At the uh, yes. Quiet Man. Yeah, Quiet Man. it was a, a lot of uh, fun. My wife and I are big Quiet Man fans, and I yeah. mean, uh, this country is just so beautiful. So. For me, just being in a car and looking at the countryside go by is a thrill. Yeah? yeah. That's your first time here? No. Uh, I was in Kilkenny, I think, ah. 15 years ago for the uh, Murphy Cat Laugh Festival. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's been too long. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good to see you. Uh, that was brilliant. The show was amazing. Oh, really, thanks. It's, really cool. it's yeah. fairly loose, and it's a lot of fun. You never know what they're going to do. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in improv anyway, but these guys, it's ten times worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it that difficult when you move from, from one group to another doing improv? Does it take a while to click with a group? Do you need to know? Yeah. I mean, in theory, you should be able to work with anyone, and of course, that, uh, that doesn't happen. I'm lucky that I've worked with these guys uh, quite a bit, so I... I I know them fairly well. Yeah. But there is that time where uh, I, I find it really exciting because I work with Brad Sherwood. We're in our 14th year of touring now. Yeah. And it's always nice to jump in with a new group because you kind of have to go back to the basics of improv. Of oh, I, I have to listen because you can't do any of your tricks. You just have to uh, actually be in the moment. And um, mm. I find it really sort of reinvigorating. Oh yeah, because you you may if you're in the same group, you kind of start relying on on tricks or something. Yeah, it's like, a, it's yeah. the hardest thing Brad and I have found over 14 yeah. years, keeping it fresh for us. So we're constantly trying to find ways where we don't do the same thing over and over again. Uh, but it gets hard. Yeah, yeah. And I read I uh, know that you uh, didn't you audition for Whose Line maybe three times? Is that uh, correct? Twice. twice, twice, twice. I think Legend says three because it sounds better. But yeah, twice. The first time okay. uh, I was at. Um, Second City in uh, Toronto, which is a, um, a famous uh, sketch group. People like Bill Murray and yeah. all those people came from. And uh, the producers came and saw the show. They liked the show. So they auditioned mm. us the next morning at 8, which is always the prime time for uh, comedy. And we were doing, uh, we auditioned as a cast, and we were doing that thing you do in improv where you make everyone look good. So nobody stood out, so none of us got cast. Yeah. And it wasn't until the next year my wife and I had moved down to L.A., and I was auditioning with people I didn't know. So it was like, hey, screw you. Look at me. Yeah. And so for all the kids out there, <laughs> that's how you get ahead. <laughs> when you're doing an audition, don't be generous. No, just save your own ass. <laughs> yeah. And how many years then did you do? That was whose line for, for uh, Channel 4, wasn't it? That was yeah. Channel 4. Uh, and, so uh, my first year was 1990. Yeah. And uh, we've just got renewed for our, f our fifth season in uh, States. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, but it's been uh, off the air for a while, hasn't it? was it? off the air, uh, I think, 2004 was our last um, um, sh uh, sh taping with Drew. Yeah. And then we noticed, uh, uh, Brad and I noticed, our audience was actually getting younger, which right. really goes against <laughs> uh, showbiz rules. They're supposed to get older with you. Yeah. And we found out um, all the kids were catching up with the show on YouTube. Right. So all these kids who had never, who weren't born when the original show happened, started to catch up. So there was this groundswell of interest again, and someone at the CW network said, "Hey, let's put it on again. Oh, it's cool. the cheapest show in the history of television. <laughs> There's no set. Yeah, most of them are There's still alive. No writers. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. And and who are you doing it with then? It's, uh, it's this, uh, uh, yeah, Ryan Styles and Wayne Brady, Greg Proops, and then mm -hmm. there's some new improvisers. Um, mm. Uh, Aisha T Tyler, who's a, uh, a stand-up now hosted, and uh, yeah, as I said, our, we just got renewed for a fifth season. So. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's it's brilliant. like the, the Walking Dead. You just can't kill it. Ah, that's great. Great to see you back. And when, when you started off then in on the Channel 4, Whose Lines It Anyway, Clive Anderson was the host, yeah. correct? Yeah. Uh, Greg, was Greg Proops? Uh, Greg, yeah, Greg uh, was one of the... Uh, he and Mike McShane were like the first Americans to be involved with the show. Right. And it was... And who... Any English? Uh, it was Tony Slattery, wasn't it? Tony Slattery, it? Yeah. Josie Lawrence... Josie Steve Frost, Steve, Frost yeah. uh, uh, Steve Steen and Jim Sweeney, were, uh, Paul Merton. I never actually got to work with Paul on the show, but yeah, so I mean, a great cast of, of people.
Yeah, I actually went to see one of them being recorded live in... It was LWT Studios, I think. Yeah. And, uh, when they started bringing in guests, I think Ardla Hanlon from Father Ted That's was right. a guest yeah. Yeah. On, on that particular one. And um, I, I was, I'm interested in how... For TV improv, do you have to maybe change it? Maybe it's it's cut it down, snappier, or whatever? Exactly. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. on stage you can take your time and, you know, build characters, build scenes. Uh, mm. But with television... Um, it's uh, whose line was actually hated by improv purists <laughs> because yeah. you know you're not supposed to be jokey. You're supposed to build a scene, build a character, but because of television, everything has to be in like two and three minute uh, sort of chunks. So you can't, yeah. you know, take time building this wonderful character. You just have to go for the cheap jokes right away. Hopefully, it works Did out. You break the rules where you kind of undermine the whole scene. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are no rules in television. They just want to get the product out. <laughs> I, I, I just imagine it must be nerve-wracking, though, because it's quite a pressure yeah, that you, would you think. Yeah. <laughs> there is. <laughs> when you stop and think about it, you think, okay, there's, we, we're going out there. We don't have a script. We don't actually have a show. But by the end of the night, we have to have something that has to go on television. So, yeah. uh, uh, but it really is the most relaxed I am in, in my life, sadly. Really? <laughs> really, yeah. I, I think because, uh, you know, I know every the cast members really well. Uh, you know, Ryan and I grew up together, so I'd worked yeah. with him like ten years before we started doing Who's Line together. Yeah. So it's a real comfort zone for me, and um, I always know it's somehow it's going to work out, and it usually does. Yeah, uh, and you're doing a show, or you did a show in the Fringe with the hypnotist. How, what's that? Yes. Well, I saw the. Po- I haven't actually seen the show, so how, it's, uh, what's, uh, what's going on there? Well, <laughs> Um, uh, as I said earlier, I always like to uh, put myself in positions that uh, scare me because I find that's the most fun. So right. a hypnotist actually approached and said, I have this idea mm. for a show. Would you be interested? So what the show was, he uh, would bring 20 people up on stage, hypnotize them, uh, sort of whittle it down to the best five, and then I would improvise with them. It was really odd. Yeah. And uh, that... Uh, with that show, every night was nerve-wracking before I went on. It was like, okay, I don't know these people. I don't, And sometimes they would sort of come out of trance in the middle of a scene, which is weird. And then they didn't know where they were kind of thing? or uh, I would talk of- to them afterwards, and they said, oh, no, we. Uh, I knew everything that was going on. Yeah. I understood. I just couldn't help myself. It was like whatever the hypnotist said, I would just go, that's a great idea, and, and do it. So they, yeah. that thing that stops us in our real life was gone. They, uh, it was really interesting and a lot of fun because they had um, no guard. They would just, you would suggest something and Im- they immediately they would do it. Yeah. So it was, fasc- it was just fascinating to watch and be a part of. And you're doing scenes as well. So you're getting suggestions yeah. like normal improv. Yeah, we would do a scene where um, one of them, um, we would do a proposal scene where they had to propose to me, but they could only propose if I was sitting down. So we would okay. get a place from the audience. We would have other uh, of the subjects be objects in this scene, like uh, scenery or benches or trees. Yeah. And again, that was fascinating. That, uh, we had one person be a tree where they had their hands up for like a 10-minute scene, and there wasn't any shaking. They were just locked into that position. It was... Uh, That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is uh, weird. I find it interesting because a lot of people don't believe in hypnotism. A lot of people don't believe in improv. Yeah. So we put two things together people aren't sure about <laughs> into one thing um, that they can't be sure about. So it, it was a lot of fun, though. I learned a lot about improv, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I actually, uh, I was working out in Mallorca for, when I started off doing comedy, I just got a, a terrible job doing stand-up in a club in Mallorca, you know. It's a holiday. But there was a, a hypnotist out there who hypnotized this guy, and then he couldn't get him back. So he couldn't get him back out of the trance, and then he just left him sitting on a, a chair. <laughs> and a, a, a rival hypnotist in the audience kind of came up and went, so you can't do that, you can't just leave him there. Yeah. Um, Turned out they, they were going to call an ambulance, but turned out his English wasn't very good. So when he counted back from 10 to 1, he just kind of wasn't really understanding what was going on. He was like that a chair. It's a hard German to save a show from that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you go, wow, okay. Hmm. But the new hypnotist was going. Like it was the old guy whose job was taken by the new hypnotist. The, old, the other, other guy was in oh, the audience. But the new hypnotist was going to fucking leave him sitting on a chair. <laughs> not good. Not no, good. no, no, no. We no, were pretty. No. We only had yeah, one yeah. incident. It was a. A funeral scene. We got a pet had died, and so it was the pet funeral. And they were the yeah. uh, the audience members were the family members, and yeah. you know, one would tell a, a story, heartbreaking story about it, and one, you know, had a little song. But one woman was just devastated by the death and just kept crying. Yeah, and I was trying to find a way to. <laughs> And finally, finally, the hypnotist just had to take her out, and yeah. you know, gently took her back to her seat, but. She was sobbing for the entire show. <laughs> ah, comedy. Yeah. And are you going to do that show again? You, you gonna... I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, um, like touring with uh, uh, Brad takes up a lot of time. Plus, yeah. uh, the Who's Line show doesn't actually take a lot of time. It's like mm. eight tapings and they can get like 25 shows from that. Mm -hmm. So that's great and that it doesn't take a lot of time. But mm -hmm. just a lot of stuff. I do plays every once in a while, a lot of mm -hmm. corporate shows. So... Um, I'm hoping to do more of the hip hop. We're, we're trying to find a way to do that. And did you? Is, is there a different uh, slant on the Who's Line on Channel Four? Say when it was the English one and the one when it went to America. Is there kind of a different? No, no? Uh, we're trying. <laughs> the um, because but the even the humor. I mean, or what gets laughs? Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, each yeah. Uh, each host sort of brings their own thing to. It. I mean, Clive was so English and had that dry, sarcastic, mm. and Drew was like a big goofy fan of the show and you know so american and now uh, aisha tyler is this beautiful black woman who's also a nerd she's in you know into lord of the rings and the walking dead video games so it's taken us a while to find ways to insult her <laughs> we're doing it but um, it, it took us a long time right, right, right. but uh yeah that's kind of been the only difference trying to insult her but it's not working yeah, it's not because it's like oh my god you're beautiful and you're smart and, and she's what she's written like five books and she's a stand-up it's like um you work too hard it, it's <laughs> yeah. not the same yeah 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 uh, uh I've, I've read that the uh, musical part was the one that scared you the bit the most would that be yeah. true yeah it's it, it scares me and mm -hmm. it hurts me because <laughs> i always wanted to be a musical comedy guy yeah. but i just i can't sing which is a major drawback in that area yeah but yeah. um uh, Brad and I have actually added a lot of uh, musical elements to our show because, um, as I say, I'm always love, I always love doing things uh, that I fear. Mm. And nothing scares me more than singing because I want it to be so good. And then as soon as my mouth opens and the first note comes out, it's like, no, it's not even close. I, I, I know that. <laughs> But I, you know, I soldier yeah, on. You could just talk at Leonard Cohen. That's what Leonard Cohen's doing now. Right? That's too easy. I uh, the only thing that gets me by is my commitment. 
Right, yeah, you just go for it. Yeah, the people, yeah, I'm the audience representative. They go, oh, I could never do that. But look, God bless him, he's trying. <laughs> no, it's, I think speaking is good. I mean, yeah, fuck, it never put off uh, Bob Dylan and people like that, that they couldn't say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guy just got a Nobel Prize. I know, so. yeah, yeah. But Lou the, Reed as well, another guy who could barely yeah. hit a note. You know? Yeah. So. Well, I'll, I'll keep at it, you keep, know, keep never too it. late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, did you work with your son Luke recently? In a, was that in a, in a film or? Oh God, or, yeah, uh, it was a while ago. Oh, was it also? Um, it was a while ago. Okay. Is yeah. he is he into uh, uh, this uh, musician? Actually, oh, he, oh, he has really? all of his mother's um, uh, musical talent. I have none whatsoever. So, uh, as I mentioned, but uh, now a drummer. Um, yeah. Uh, every, acts every once in a while. He, yeah. Uh, the problem is too many talents. Uh, I was lucky; I just had this. <laughs> so, I, and <laughs> the fact that it actually worked out for me still shocks me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my son is like that as well. Like he's a really good artist and and plays drums, guitar, bass, and writes songs and sings on them. And yeah, it's, it's insane. Sickening, isn't the it? kids today ha- have seem to have so much going for them. Yeah. They can, and they. You know, they also have the internet, so they can actually—they don't need a middleman. They can That's just right. immediately put their stuff out there. Uh, but also, you can learn an instrument by just uh, getting lessons on yeah. free free lessons, and you can live anywhere. You can live in. I should check out singing lessons on the net. You should. There we go. <laughs> okay, I got something to do after this. <laughs> um, so, is that basically your life? Is is constant touring a lot or? You know, touring of, a lot, but mm. uh, I mean, most of it's just weekends. Uh, things like this is great because mm. uh, my wife comes with me. And uh, she was a, you met her. In, she hired me for Second City. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. Um, and we have a we also have a, sh- uh, a show together where we kind of uh, it's half improv. Well, it's kind of all improv, but we talk about our lives and we do uh, improv scenes based on that or based on couples. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to get as many two people shows going as I can. <laughs> yeah. And have you done long form actually? You, you. I have done long form. There's yeah. a a group in Toronto called uh-huh. uh, National Theatre of the World. Yeah. And they do. Um, they talk to the audience for a little bit. Then uh, they do a play based on whatever the playwright is. That. So I've done a Pinter. Uh, I did a British uh, sex farce. Uh, some Chekhov. And. and is it? I mean, it's playing it straight. Yeah. It's just well, but uh, <laughs> it's playing it straight in that you keep the same character the entire, yeah. and you're keeping the integrity of whatever's set up, so you can't go too uh, surreal and weird unless the playwright sort of calls for it. But yeah, so it's been interesting uh, um, doing that because you know people will do a scene and then they will leave, which never happens in improv scenes. You usually just stay there until the bitter end. Yeah. So it's actually like a real play and. Um, uh, yeah, it exercises a, a totally different part of your mind, which is interesting. Um, like, it's completely different then to this short-form comedy thing. I mean, when you're doing comedy, to a certain extent, you are playing it straight. I mean, yeah. you, you've, got, you've got a good deadpan kind of yeah. vibe going. Oh, yeah. But, because, and also, I don't find the others funny. So yeah. <laughs> it, it makes it so much easier. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've never done long forms. Oh, I've, I do, I've done improv with those guys actually. So, but they're uh, insane, aren't they? I've, I've never done uh, long form. I must give it a go. I'd love to give it a go. Yeah, give it a try. It's a, yeah. it's fun and it's a different muscle. And does uh, it help your other kind of improv? Or, 
I think so. You you yeah. can see, oh, this is what happens when you actually stick with the scene <laughs> 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 and make sense of it. It can still work. Because uh, yeah. there are times when you're doing the short form, there's a, every once in a while a little panic. It's like, okay, I haven't got a laugh in like a second. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go nuts. So it, it's nice to have that slower pace and have a slower build to a laugh. It's yeah. just as satisfying. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, have, you, have you shot the uh, new Who's line already? And you've we uh, shoot in February. You shoot in February. Yeah. And that's going out then. Yeah, so it's nice. A couple of weeks in L.A. where I just get to see my friends again and then cool. bugger off. Cool. Well, good luck with that. And Thank you. Thanks a million for talking to me. That's, oh, my pleasure. My re- absolute pleasure. Really good to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Standing in out of the rain by the canal, watching the drops of rain pitter patter, plippy plop on the green. Well, I hesitate to call it slime, some form of green growth that coats the top of the canal. It's that kind of winter deadness here. The water is very still. The leaves have gone from the trees. The ivy coats the trees. The only leaves I can see at the moment. And I hear the chit-chat, chatty, chitty-chat-chat. Of the birds in the distance. There's a quite wonderful serenity here. And I feel much better. Because I woke up this morning worried. Worried about my financial situation. My thinning hair. And my disorganized flat. But now I feel better because I've gone for a little walk. Much, much better. Coming up, it's Emily Kaufner. Emily Kaufner, a man in the Central Hotel. And we had a little chat and she sang a song. And it was lovely. And while they did and chat, and she's a lovely girl, she got a nice personality, she gave me a nice hug at the end, and uh, she, she's really nice, oh, oh, I'm allowed thanks for me, and, uh, and uh, I hope y'all enjoy it, she, she's quite nice, uh, it's just lovely, she just, she's just bloody lovely. Enjoy it. See you now. Bye. Baby, let's just stay a while While the night is young and we 
And we got nowhere else to be And maybe in a little while While the world is fast asleep You'll be holding me so sweetly in your arms You can tell me all the things you know Play me all your records low One more thing before I go I'm falling, yes it's calling So much louder than before I don't want to know what for just Give me a kiss and my heart it shifts If it's love you're looking for You don't have to look for more tonight Baby, let's just dance a while While the sky is bright and we We got nowhere else to be And maybe in a little while While the world is fast asleep You'll be holding me so sweetly in your arms And you can tell me all the things you know Play me all your records low One more thing before I go I'm falling, yes it's calling So much louder than before I don't want to know what for Just give me a kiss and my heart it shifts If it's love you're looking for You don't have to look for more I'm falling, yes it's calling So much louder than before I don't want to know what for Just give me a kiss and my heart it shifts If it's love you're looking for You don't have to look for more tonight Hello, hi. Oh, Emily, we're sitting here in the Central Hotel. Hello. Where um, you uh, have just sang a beautiful song. Tell me, tell me about that first song. Cheers, thanks. Um, yeah, so that first song is a song called In a Little While. Mm-hmm. And uh, I released that a couple years ago on a, oh, sorry, <clears throat> on a record called <laughs> Keep It With Mine, yeah. which was inspired actually by a Bob Dylan song. Um, called Keep It With Mine. All right. And so just this idea, I don't know if this was what his idea was, but my takeaway from it was this idea that, you know, all these stories which are so universal are so personal, but they kind of bring us together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote a record maybe, oh, I don't know now, it was 2013, uh, put it out and been traveling with it and just sort of seen that come to light, this idea that everything that happens, even though, you know, I'm back in the States, I feel connected to my ancestry here and to the people here in Ireland yeah, and yeah. do you know, and like things like that. Um, right. So that's what kind of, I guess inspired that record. And that's one of the songs off of there. That's beautiful. Thank you. And, uh, so you obviously have Irish 
heritage. I do. So I do. Does that come from both sides of your family? Both That's your both. mother and father? Yeah. So uh, yeah. surname is Kavanaugh. Yeah. And then my mom would be a Lawler. Ah. And uh, so we, our family's from Cary, from the south of Cary, from um, Camp, which oh, is I just this Camp. tiny little town between Dingle and Tralee. Yeah. Uh, and I took a bus down there. I was, I was 30 and I'd never come to Ireland and I had to fix that. And so I came over and I stayed for about six weeks and... Um, I think I ate the Irish breakfast every one of those days of the six weeks. <laughs> but one of the things I did was I took the trip down to camp and um, actually met a guy who ran a B&B whose father had played with my great gran back in the day or had known of her. If not, you know, you never know. Stories get bigger every, yeah. every time they're told. But so he took me down these little windy roads in Dingle and I went and I met this man who was just lovely and um, learned all about my ancestors mm. and kind of, you know, did a little bit of a look up and got to go to the church to see where my great auntie, I guess, would have been mm. baptized. Maggie Griffin was her oh, name. Right. Griffin, so. And, uh, yeah. And so, so, but so you're saying there's music in your family. Cause he said there's he, music he, in my family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. my gran was a singer and she mm. sang in the South side of Chicago. Um, mm. and you know, she did a few good shows. Like she did something every year called the South side follies, oh. uh, which would have a good following, yeah. but you know, then she married my grandpa and had, seven kids and 25 grandbabies later and so was singing the odd wedding here and there and then so what kind of music would she have sung i suppose you know people would say she was like a jazz singer yeah but i wonder if that was also just the time because that was kind of what the music was going on then yeah you know in the 30s and the 40s um but she would do a lot of those old standards she would have sung at the time what was modern like irving berlin and things like that you know um and she knew a lot of irish songs too you know she would have sung those when we were kids and I grew up knowing about the Clancy Brothers and All right, Christy yeah. Moore and Bob Tommy Fleming. And band, Clancy Brothers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then you were always intent on getting into music. Would that be true? Or That'd be you, true, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Since I was a little girl, I was singing. Yeah. Um, and I would always write, but I never really knew if I could make a career of it. I mean, I still don't know if I can make a career of it. I'm trying anyway. Yeah. But... Um, I'm okay to be penniless, so I guess that's part of the deal, <laughs> you know. But um, but then when I put this record out a few years ago, things started to take off a bit, um, where I could be playing and gigging pretty regularly, you know, and traveling a bit to do so. And I'm based in New York, but going back to Chicago and seeing family and playing there, and coming over here and playing in Dublin and playing down in Dingle and Killarney and yeah, all throughout cool. Kerry and Mayo and Cork. Wow, and, no, have you played yeah, all over Ireland? Though? I have, yeah, I have, right. yeah, yeah. I um, nice. you know, I booked my very first gig, and I always put it in quotes because it was like a, it must have been like maybe six people or something, but mm. was in this little pub called McCormick's out in Nace. All right, I don't know it actually. Um, and so this was years ago now, yeah. but it was one of those things where like it was meant to kick off at seven and then half seven and then eight oh, and yeah. then half eight and then nine and then Irish it began at keeping. ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've learned that like time is just a suggestion here in Ireland. That was my very first lesson. <laughs> and brushed with that. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, oh, but that gig was great because it actually sort of changed um, changed some things because uh, Patty Casey ended up coming to that gig and mm-hmm. we became great friends um, and uh, started playing together a bit. So. Uh, okay. It's been good fun ever since then. Oh, yeah. I've done yeah. some gigs with Patty as well. Yeah, yeah. So. I think you had said that yeah. you guys are friends. Yeah. yeah. And were you singing original stuff that, at that gig? Like that show? At that gig, I would have been doing... Yeah. That was kind of like right when this record had come out, you know? So I yeah. was sort of... Oh, right. Really? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been... Um, 
Oh, I wouldn't have been just doing that. Like we did some covers. Mm. A friend of mine came over from the States and he's this great guitar player and busker and mm. Carl Banks. Um, and he'd come over with me. And so, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, actually at McCormick's, they were like, and have you got your amps and your microphones and your, and we're like, we've just gotten in from New York, you know, we yeah. only have our luggage and our <laughs> yeah. hardly anything else. But, um, so we were just sort of starting out at that point, mm. but um, but it's it's grown from there, and I love playing. You know, I got to play down in Dingle, and yeah. I loved McCarthy's. And I know you're from Galway, is that right? Well, I was born in Tume, yeah, in okay. Galway, but I grew up in Meath, really. I was five when we left Galway, so okay. But played at Monroe's, which oh, I loved. Oh right, Monroe's, yeah, I've seen oh, it. Yeah. so beautiful, mm, yeah. That's a nice pub. Yeah, I've sung there with the band as well. I, I, I sang with Ronan McManus, who is. Elvis Costello's younger brother, actually. No is, way. Yeah, Declan McManus is Elvis Costello's real name. So, are you serious? Yeah, uh, in Monroe's. In Monroe's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a good place. So, um, and you went to? Did you went to music college? So or? I got my undergrad. Mm. My my bachelor's degree would be in music and jazz performance, and then my master's mm. was in social work. So mm. I've actually spent the last, I guess I'd say, a good seven or eight years working. Um, the first maybe half of that full time as a social worker and just mm. singing and gigging on the side. And then the last few years doing a bit more with music as the center, but still freelancing. I work for a woman who is a Broadway director mm -hmm. and she runs an organization called Artists Striving to End Poverty. So we bring musicians and artists and writers and people to um, places where kids are living in poverty, you know, orphanages and shelters and things like that throughout South Africa and India and the DR and oh. bits of the States. And um, so I get to kind of combine the two things I love, you know, a bit of activism and mm. social work and then and then music. Um, uh, and do you make songwriting part of what you do when I you're do. I do, yeah. working with kids? Or, or yeah, I find how, that... How does that work? Sure. Um, so there was this program in the South Bronx that needed... It was a shelter. It was 46 um, beds, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And the kids were about 18 to, let's say, 21, 22, mm -hmm. um, but had been living on the streets all their lives. And so they needed a place to come. And so the city would, you know... Uh, facilitate this this center, mm. but they never had any kind of music program or any kind of arts. And so I was at this point, ironically enough, that you know I was sort of wanting to to transition to where music would be more of what I was doing, but always wanted to be helping and like doing something that was you know a little bit bigger than myself maybe. Yeah. Um, and so the timing just worked out perfectly. So I was able to build this program from like you know the bottom up with like not a dollar, uh, yeah. totally from scratch. But we'd bring in DJs and writers, and we would put on shows and showcases. You mentioned the Apollo. You know, Apollo things Theater like that, in Harlem. the Apollo Theater, like we would, you know, we would um, partner with different venues that would then put on some of the works of the kids. And we never quite made it to the Apollo, but I'm still in touch with uh, someone there who says that we're going to one of these days. So yeah. that's like my, my promise to the kids in the Bronx is someday we will get them to play the Apollo. But uh, uh, that'd be cool. But yeah, so all their and original works, like they would take, you the, know, so the, the kids would write their songs stories and things. Part. Yep, and they take their their life story yeah, and maybe yeah. they they put it into a rap or they put it into a tune right. or they'd put it into a story or a book or a you know, and then we would showcase that yeah. uh, three or four times a year in various venues throughout New York. Wow, that's a really great idea. I saw an article in the Guardian where you mentioned where it was like you yeah. were bringing your music. It was more than just. You were writing songs, but you were making a part of your, what you do is in your life. Yeah, and I, and I find that, you know, people used to kind of say, well, mm. how do you combine those two? Like, those are such different things, you know, mm. social work and music. But I guess I look at it like 
social work is sort of about, you know, listening to someone's story and then, and the music is about telling one, you know, so they're not really all that different. Yeah. Like it kind of can connect. Um, and it, again, it brings everyone together, you know, so it's, uh, it's pretty powerful and it's, and it's good fun. I mean, I really loved meeting some of these kids and like, just, I don't know, getting to dance and, and laugh and learn about different ways of life and different cultures and yeah. You know, so you've done this uh, around the world, as part, not just in the states, but you've been to where India, have you? So I've never been. So not this is my it, no. first uh, year with A Step with artists okay. striving to end poverty. So okay, okay. the hope would be maybe you know this summer, perhaps, or yeah. come fall, like to go to one of the South Africa or yeah. India or somewhere and 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 bring the music and. Wow, that'd be brilliant. Oh, I would love that. I would yeah. absolutely love that. And I'm sure yeah. it must be a great inspiration for our songs as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hearing people's stories. And I um, like that, you know. I worked with a woman who was a survivor um, of the genocide, actually, in Rwanda. And she was just so inspiring and had shared her story with me. And I, you know, um, I was able to turn some of what she had shared with me into a song. And so mm. that was actually on that last record uh, oh. as well. It's a song called Dark Was the Night. Oh, um, but you know, yeah, you just meet people and the things that they've been through, you feel like someone's yeah. got to tell that story, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that song, uh, come here. That was, thank you. I just listened to, we were just listening to it in the car coming in on Spotify. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Freshen up a bit. Like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's called research. Yeah. Um, so you said you wrote that in the in college, was it? Or? I would have written that when I moved to New York, which was right around that time. Yes, yeah, so I would have been in grad school. And actually, I wrote that song in the F train going from, no way. from Manhattan out to Brooklyn. All right. Because we had a gig on that night. And I was like, people are so tired of the same old songs, you know? So <laughs> I kind of... Um, I don't even really remember what inspired it. I was just... Do, do you write in your head then? Can you... you know, do you have to have your guitar? Or do you have to have a... It's funny. I guess because... Um, I wouldn't, I guess I think of like sort of my music as more about the voice and the, and the story than the, than the guitar playing mm-hmm. or the piano. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just because I'm really not much of a guitar player or yeah, piano yeah, player. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it'll just come as an idea and so then it'll sort of just melody will come into your head. There. Yeah. The, me- the whole melody. The melody will come yeah. into the head. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then it's so much easier to put it down, you know, on paper or with the piano, with the help of the piano. Yeah. You know, but if you don't have one and you're on the F train, <laughs> so you just take out a notebook and <laughs> start scribbling. Yeah. And that's how that but are you was singing born. to yourself on the train? Ah, you're looking crazy. But then again, you're in New York, so so is everyone. Doesn't you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just doing Hello. a quick interview here. Oh, okay. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. We'll get moving. Okay, okay. we'll get going now. Actually, thank we'll- you. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You should keep that bit in. I'm going to keep that yeah, bit in. Yeah, I think in. you should. We probably won't hear what he said. That's we're probably the best. We've just been told that we're a fire hazard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're so hot. We just can't help ourselves. <laughs> we really can't. <laughs> right. Well, listen, uh, it's been great chatting to you. So you're going to... You too. Yeah, and thanks for meeting me. And how long are you staying in Ireland now? You, uh, so I'm only here till tomorrow. But, All right, um, yeah. So just enough time to get one more Irish breakfast in before I go back <laughs> and then get to the gym <laughs> and then get to the gym you don't absolutely. need to go to the gym you, you, uh, no I don't know I feel like I've gained what is it two stone is that what you guys call stone, it yeah, stone yeah stone that be about right is a that's lot. a lot <laughs> <laughs> no you haven't maybe it's not quite that unless much unless you were really emaciated <laughs> before you got here but, all uh, that brown bread and the butter and the chocolate like I don't even want to eat 
butter and chocolate back in the States now because I'm yeah. spoiled here. Chocolate. Have we got good chocolate here? The dairy milk. Yeah. And the digestives. Oh, digestives. Oh, my God. Forget about it. I could I could just do a whole pack of those on my own. I really could. You leave me alone for yeah. two minutes. Do you, dunk, do you dunk in the tea? We better finish up. Your mind's ah, coming I back. Do, I do dunk in the tea. <laughs> do you? Yeah, yeah. I love dunking. You got it. Yeah. Um, and uh, tell me about the song we're going to finish on now. This. Uh, so this song is actually a song that I just arranged. It's not an original of mine. It's a song called I Wish You Love. Uh, and it's an old standard. And it's a song that I've been hearing for years. And um, I'm going to put it out on a record that's coming out this summer. So cool. had wanted to do it and had, you know, just the lovely chance to meet these guys, Adam Taylor and Jake Curran the other night uh, up at Whelan's yeah. and play it for the first time there. So thought we put it, ah. put it out here today. All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks. So you could be found on Spotify, on iTunes, iTunes. on uh, Pandora, Emily yeah. Kavanaugh music. Yeah. And here in Dublin. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> here in the Central Hotel yeah. as a fire hazard. Anyway, thank I'll be you. kicked out in about two minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Thank Thanks. you, Joe. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. And I wish you bluebirds in the spring to give your heart a song to sing and then a kiss what's more than this I wish you love and in July a lemonade to cool you in some leafy glade I wish you hell and more than well I wish you love but it's my breaking heart and I agree it's you and I could never be So with my best, my very best, darling I set you free But I wish you shelter from the storm a cozy fire to keep you warm But most of all, when snowflakes fall I wish you love my breaking heart and I agree it's you and I 
could never be so with my best my very best darling I set you free but I wish you shelter from the storm a cozy fire to keep you warm but most of all when snowflakes fall I wish you Emily Cav. Now, what a great girl. What a lovely person. Great to meet her. Thank you, Emily. And uh, perhaps I'll see you over uh, over the other side of the pond sometime. Because uh, I will be over in New York in March, uh, pretty sure now. And I'll be uh, uh, chatting, hopefully, with a few people over there. Dan Vital, who I've... Uh, I've heard interviewed on Mark Marin and loved his interview, and I'm in, I'm in contact with him now, and uh, I'd love to sit down and have a chat with him in, in New York. I've got a great one coming up uh, in January. I'm in down in Boyle's, in Boyle's Bar in Slane. I'll be talking to Fikra Tench, who has done the string arrangements for that song, Fairy Tale of New York, and he's worked with Van Morrison and Phil Lynott and many, many more. And I'll be talking to him in front of a live audience. He'll be bringing the keyboard. And that sounds like a great night on January the 5th in Boyle's of Slane. So if you can make time, come on down. I'd like to thank Daniel Rooney. He's my son who's provided some of the music for the podcast and uh, Andrew Mangan who uh, has produced the earlier ones this year of the podcast and all of you for, for listening anyone who's contacted me as I'm on Joe Rooney one Twitter and JoeRooneyComedian.com is my website and things are looking up and this time last year I have to say I was in quite a bad place and uh, and uh, a whole year has gone by and I feel a lot better, a lot better. And I've got my own little place to live now because I was a bit stuck for a while. Uh, and met an absolutely wonderful, amazing, brilliant woman. And things are looking fantastic. So 2017, bring it on. Bring it on. You want Dong, 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 dong. Okay, have a lovely Christmas and uh, talk to you uh, after Christmas. Um, bye, bye. I, I, I love you. Goodbye. Stay alive. I will stay alive. I will find you. Goodbye. point of that story, the Penny Casey thing, is, is that he played, so I went to the All-Ireland, 
I saw yeah. Cork play Claire. Oh. He played for 86,000 people. He was the halftime. And then oh, really? he came in the next night. Oh, I was really? like six people in the pub. I didn't get to that whole story. Oh. I didn't know. I'll tell that story You then. tell that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And yeah. so then a friend of his had played my song for him that she'd heard on the radio. And he's uh, like, oh, let's go in and see her. Uh, so he comes in. And so thank God the point of that whole story was thank God that gig kicked off when it did on Irish time. Oh, yeah, because although you would have missed it. This whole thing would have never happened. Ah, you know, yeah, that's cool. If it really hadn't been for that timing, like, I might have never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we become great friends. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Anyway. So Irish time. I mean, Irish time. Yeah. I actually want to write a song called Irish time. Yeah. That's going to be the next record. That'd be good, actually. That would be good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, fixing a water heater. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah? So you know how to secure this gift joint? Yeah. Detach the steam pump? <laughs> Takes two seconds. And fasten the double to the pressure tube? Yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Oh, that's interesting, because I made all those things up. Look, we should just bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. That's cool. This double's the wrong size anyway. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.